Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Logic Sports Podcast. I'm Shamar Davis, and I'm joined by Nasir Subar and Dan Pleat. How are you guys doing on this fine Thursday? Feeling great. You already know. I'm very excited for this game tonight. Well, yeah, there's a football game tonight. The Rams play the Vikings in L.A. Also, there's some news in college football about Kelly Bryant transferring from Clemson. And we'll also talk about Drew Brees and his greatness and what he brings to the NFL. But we're going to start off with Kelly Bryant. And he's been benched, and he kind of he said that him being benched was a slap in the face. So, what do you guys really think about him being benched, and why do you think he got benched? I mean, I believe that they understand that they have two good quarterbacks, but they see the the projection for their for their freshman quarterback. They see what he can do when he gets in the game. He puts up offense. He's productive. But I do understand where uh, Kelly Bryant is coming from because he did, as a starter for the last 18 games, he went 16-2. That's finding ways to win games. I understand he lost against Alabama, but that's a struggle team to play against. That's the best team in the like in college. Yeah. So, like, that's a dominant team. So, I, I just see it is kind of a slap in the face for him. He's been productive over the past couple of the past season, and I think they didn't really give him a chance. Well, yeah, I, I would also agree. Like, it kind of is a slap in the face. Like you said, because he did just bring them to the national championship and, and put up a fight against Alabama. So it, it's hard to really bench a guy like that. But but when you look at what his counterpart is doing in the other quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, he on the season he's nine touchdowns, two interceptions. He's constantly throwing the ball for, for a good percentage and for a lot of yards. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to deny that Trevor Lawrence might be the better quarterback. So although it is a slap in the face, like and I understand Bryant being, uh, being oh, upset. But, like, it was the right choice for the program. Like, I, mean, no. I mean, yeah, I'll go, I'll go. I mean, so, in my opinion, I just think, yeah, it's definitely slapping the face. But if you're Dabo Swinney, you got to really think, like, what's better for my program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, I like, I'm Clemson. I can go 16-2 in 18 games because I'm just better than everyone with my talent. But he's really thinking about the future mm-hmm. and how he can win national championships. Mm-hmm. So Trevor Lawrence right now, the number one <clears throat> quarterback coming out of his class, and he's he's actually really good, and he probably is better than Kelly Bryant. So mm-hmm. he's trying to win now, and he can actually go into the playoffs right now and win. And if he doesn't, he has that experience for next year. As if Kelly Bryant, who's a senior, he comes in, let's say they don't even make the college football playoff because Trevor Lawrence is better than him, then Trevor Lawrence has no experience coming into next year's playoff mm-hmm. run or the year after that. So he's a freshman now, and he definitely has pro potential already. Like The pros are already scouting him and doing everything as a freshman. So Dabo Sweeney uh, sees that, and he's trying to, like, get max potential out of him yeah. while he can. I think they're mirroring um, what Alabama did with Tua and uh, the Jalen Hurts thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're, they're kind of seeing what he was able to do, what he was capable of, as being a freshman to come in as a national champion and win them the game, basically, come back in the second half, put up a dominant performance, and come back and win them the game. So they believe that Trevor Lawrence could do the same thing as far as them. They feel like Kelly Bryant was a good quarterback, but he wasn't a great one. Yeah. At least as far as college, like he wasn't that next that level up to win you championship. So they feel like maybe yeah, I see what you're saying. You're yeah. right. Future, like you need to play in the game yeah. for you to understand what it's like to go against these college, these great defenses. You have to get that experience. So I mean, yeah, I guess it's smart for the program, and it does make sense for them. But he did. But Kelly Bryant did win the uh, Palmetto Bowl in the Atlantic Coast Conference when he was yeah. In. So you can't say he had he hasn't had success, and I understand the team is good, but he still was part of that. Yeah, so there's a lot of rumors swirling around where he would go. If you guys had to predict where 
uh, Kelly Bryant will go, where would you think he's going? Um, I mean, I don't really, I'm not really sure of a specific destination. I feel like he's going to want to go to the SEC. I don't know what makes me say that. I've just been seeing a lot of SEC teams have, SEC teams have like, had interest. Like, I'm seeing, like, that there's, like, Auburn because Stidham's leaving. There's, like, Arkansas. There's Florida. So, I mean, I just feel like he's going to want to go to the SEC just because, just because that's, like, they could, they really do seem to make quarterbacks a little bit better there, honestly. Yeah, if I had to take a guess, I'd probably go, I'd agree with the Auburn one with Jerry Stidham leaving this season. Like, that opens the door for Kelly Bryant to booster up another team and show that he can control a different team, like that he can be the offensive playmaker that he thinks he is because he, he wants to go to the NFL. That's his ultimate goal. That's why he's transferring. So it makes sense for him to go to Auburn, and that's already a talented team. If I had to predict, I think he's going to come to Penn State and actually start and be really solid because Chase McSorley, great quarterback, and he's going to be leaving. So next year, there's going to be an open quarterback spot, obviously. And <laughs> Kelly Bryant, he can easily slide in there, and he fits perfectly well in the offense compared to, like, an Auburn or SEC team that kind of run more pro-style offenses. Mm-hmm. When he was in uh, Clemson, he was, you know, that college, that mobile college quarterback in the option offense, and Penn State runs that, and they have a lot of good pieces around him that I think he would like it. And if James Franklin contacts him, I feel like he would come. Imagine that read option with Kelly Bryant and Miles Sanders. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be dangerous. That's better. That might be better than McSorley and Sanders. <laughs> Imagine if he came in a, year, a couple years ago and was playing with Saquon. That yeah, would have been something. Yeah, yeah, but, but I don't think he would have been better than Trace. Like, just in college, yeah, like they, they have that chemistry. To win so. games, Trace is better. Yeah, definitely. But moving on, let's talk about tonight's game. And the Rams play the Vikings, and coming into the season, if you had to ask someone who's going to win the NFC, they're probably going to say the Vikings or the Rams or the Eagles. So this is really like the first marquee NFC matchup. And the Vikings, they kind of shocked the world on Sunday when they got blown out by Josh Allen and the Bills. 34 nothing. You see, you see players going out there getting hurtled and stuff like that by a quarterback. It's, it's, it's crazy. Rookie quarterback at that. So, so who do you think needs to win this game more if they really want to make their mark on the conference? Oh, who needs to? The Vikings, without a doubt, yeah. they have to. If they don't win this game, where is it? Where are they at? They're one. What are they going to be? One, two, and one, and the yeah, division with like Aaron Rodgers in it, and maybe a possible, as Dan likes to talk about, the Bears, <laughs> a possible playoff mix. I mean. And I'm not even. I haven't even said Detroit, and they're still a solid yeah. team. Like Detroit always has its runs. Sometimes they come up short, but they're still a good team. So the Vikings have to win this game. They're going up against a third-ranked offense and a sixth-ranked defense. That's top ten in both areas, and they're. This is a dominant team that's coming off of a win against the uh, Chargers. They won thirty-five to twenty-three. They just won LA. They're coming off of a hype game. This game is a, another home game for the Rams. So I mean. The Vikings need to make their mark and win this game because they might be here come playoff time. Yeah. I, I think the Vikings have to win the most. I just think right now they have the most questions around them because they were a solid team last year, but now they have a new quarterback, so they want to see how that offense really fits in. And also a story that's not really being talked about, like Everson Griffin is not like showing yeah. up right now because of like mental health issues or something like that. Yeah, so that's scandal. Yeah, so, like, that's a big loss for their defense. He's one of the best defensive ends in the league, and he gets a lot of pressure. And their defense is still obviously solid, but you're going against a a Rams team that's on fire right now, and it's going to be hard to beat them. So if you really want to win this game, it gives you confidence that you can beat anyone in the league because everyone has the Rams as the best team in the league right now. Mm -hmm. So if the Vikings come out here and win, it can really help them, you know, really go, go get to the next level this season. 
Yeah, the Vikings. I mean, this is gonna be like a like a prove it game for them. They mm-hmm. they just got beat by what we thought was the worst team in the league, and and it was it was really bad. So I mean, Didn't score they're they're gonna game. have to come out again because this is probably this is probably the best NFC team right now, possibly the best team in the league mm-hmm. that they're going up against, and they're a little banged up. So this is this is the Vikings' chance to come out and, and be like we're still as good, or if not better, probably better than we were last year. Like we're gonna come out and beat these these type of teams and, and make a big run. So this is a game that they have to prove that that that's right, and th- this is like this is literally the, the perfect time for it. Akeem Talib is out, and he we we talked about him mm-hmm. him last year uh, last week. Marcus, Marcus Peters might be out, yeah, even if he's in, he's not a hundred percent. So you got Diggs, you got Thielen, you got Cook, who comes out of the backfield, and now you got Cousin Stone doing, and you, yeah, Rudolph exactly. So this is the game that they have to come out and and show that passing attack that they that they believe they have since they just paid their quarterback. An insane amount of money this yeah. off season. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, they got to come out and they really got to prove that their offense and their defense are, is uh, just as good, if uh, if not better than last year. Uh, just a quick fun fact: the the Rams are actually zero and three against the Vikings in their last three matchups. So they, they might have had their number in the past. Well, I guess this, we'll have to see what happens then. Does the yeah, pass for I think, I think this is gonna be this is gonna be a really hard fought game and it's gonna really come down to the wire. These these Thursday night games have been pretty good so far and this mm-hmm. I don't see this one being a bad game at all. Yeah, I'm kind of excited because it's like maybe like a playoff preview yeah, exactly. or something like that. So this like these teams, teams I would love to see these teams are gonna try to prove something to each other and I really think the uh Rams have one of the best offenses in the league, and the Vikings have one of the best defenses in the league. So this is probably one of the best matchups you'll see, you know, on the field at once, like at any any game in the whole league. So it's going to be really interesting to me. But when we look at the Rams, what do you think they have to do if they want to score on the Vikings defense? I just think doing what they've been doing. I think Jared Goff has been playing phenomenal. I think that... Gurley's an all pro. He's going to be another Pro Bowl if he's not in the Super Bowl this year. So they have such, and they have these great weapons. They have Cooper Cup. They've got uh, Brandon Cooks, who just got added to their team this year, and Robert Woods, who I think is kind of underappreciated, like as far as when people talk about him. But I think he's a talented receiver. Yeah, he's very so good. I think they just go vertical. Honestly, against this team, they're going to go vertical. They're going to use Gurley a lot. We'll use quick screens, quick slants, trying to get. Stuff up the field, maybe a post going deep to Cooks because he's extremely fast. He's the fastest, one of the fastest receivers in the league. So I mean, I think they just go vertical against this offense. Yeah, that's, that's the honestly that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like they literally just have to do what they're doing, which is spread the ball. They have so many weapons now, and if and and they've been doing it so well the first three weeks of the season. If they just spread it out, if they go to Gurley, then they go to Cup, then they go to Woods, then they go to to Farrow Cooper. They go to they have so much they have so much that they could build around with a young, good quarterback with a young, and and smart coach that they just have to do exactly what they've been doing and, and stick to that plan. So speaking of their coach, where would you rank him among other coaches in the NFL as of right now? From this year, he's I mean he's up there. Even though he has that talent around him, like it's hard to not be a great coach with this team. He actually is really smart. I, I kind of compare him to, like, Brad Stevens. Like, Brad Stevens has so much around him in, on the Celtics, but he's still smart. Like, he still draws up all those plays to make his guys look even better. So and I would put him... chemistry. Yeah, so right now I would put him... I would put him at uh, probably around five. I'm not sure exactly who I would put over him, but I'm saying, like, there's, like, Belichick who I still think smarter and stuff, and there, there's other good coaches, but right now he's, like, top five, I would say. Yeah, I'd probably put him in that same range, too top five maybe lean him a little bit more towards the upper scale maybe like three-ish 
because I do think he's an offensive genius. I know this is like his first couple of years getting into, and he's just touching his water, and people don't really know all of his offenses. But I still think his game planning, as far as changing things up, even when like he knows someone, like whenever he sees that a defense knows what he's doing, he's so smart that he's quickly to change it and adjust to what he needs to do. Oh, they're cutting off the run. All right, we'll hit him off with a play action and then go deep, take a shot. Because he's not scared to take a shot in his offense because he knows he has the weapons to do it. And he knows Jared Goff has the arm strength to get the ball there. So I feel like he's probably around the 3-4 area. Yeah, I have to say he's top three just because he's so smart. Like, you saw the video, like, on Twitter and, like, Bleacher Report of him just remembering every single play that that happens in games that happened years ago. So it's really crazy that a coach like that is so dedicated to football and, like, really studies that much and knows, like, what happens. at all. Like, everything happens uh, everywhere, and he's just with – he's so into it. And I know his players want to play – play for him and he has so many different personalities on his team on his defense too like Ndamukong and Sue Talib and Peters and all these guys their personalities but he makes them work together and they're getting hurt right now but I think he's such a good coach and he has such a good depth on that team that both sides of the ball are going to be solid because Wade Phillips is one of the best defensive coordinators and McVay is one of the best offensive play callers in the league so I think the Rams are going to be set for the next couple years because Probably 10, 15, 20 years because he's young now. He's one of the yeah. youngest coaches in the league. He needs some of his players. Yeah, he needs to keep his players. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think he'll be straight because he's just that good. And he's showing it already even though it's only his second year. But now, if we talk about the Vikings, why do you think they're kind of under-exceeding so far, being 1-1-1, one, 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 as weird as it is to say? I mean... I think last week was kind of just a fluke week for them. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it's hard to say because now I don't know if the Bills are actually good. Like, they could be. <laughs> I just have no clue. Like, that last week was so crazy with these upsets. Like, the Patriots losing, the Packers losing, the Redskins. Like, you don't you don't see all that happen in, like, one week. So, it was weird. But the Vikings, I think, are they're still on track to do what they should do. Like, they're in a good division, so it's going to be hard. But, but they still... They still put up a fight against the Packers. They they tied them. The Bills, even though they they beat them, like I said, a fluke. And then they beat uh, who they beat week one, San Fran, I think. Yeah, the Vikings, San Francisco. Yeah, so I mean that's not a that's not a bad like win. That was that was when Jimmy G was still pretty good before he got hurt. Um, so I mean I still think that they're they're on track to do what they should do. It's only week four, so they just gotta kind of build on what they've seen that that is good, which is still a lot. Like even though their defense got. Got like really hurt last week. I'm saying like there are still bright spots out of that. And you just gotta find that and you gotta you gotta use that to your advantage. I'd probably say the struggles stem from just them not being too familiar with Kirk Cousins. I'm not sure where the where the defense was. I thought they could have been better, but them allowing 34 points. Like I don't understand. Like I understand your offense is struggling, but you can still do certain things to back them up. Like the Eagles do certain things that their defense has done to step step up and back them up. So the Vikings have to get more consistent, especially with Kirk Cousins. They need to figure out what they want to do, as far as being consistent with their play calling, being consistent in what they like to do. So I mean, that's just where I think that the struggles preside. I think that. They just have to get in, like they have to uh get chemistry on that offense. You know they had that chemistry with Keenum, obviously. So now Cousins coming in there, and they just got to get in the rhythm. There, it's just three games in, 
and they they look good so far offensively some games and then last game it just like all went down the drain so they just got to stay consistent and I think they'll be good because they have two good running backs with Latavius Murray Dalvin Cook their line needs some work but it's not terrible Kirk Cousins has time and I haven't really seen him on the ground that much when I've been watching their games and I think their receiving core is one of the best in the league because you have Diggs and Thielen and then Kyle Rudolph is a good tight end, and they have other guys who contribute, like Laquan Treadwell, who's actually starting to contribute. He hasn't his first two years. But if the Viking, the Vikings right now, they're just not the same team as last year. And I want to know like, if this offense is going to be good enough to actually get them to the playoffs because their defense isn't going to be the same defense as last year. Mm-hmm. And they, they have a really good division this year. So do you, do you think that it's going to be easy for them to make the playoffs? I don't think easy, especially not as far as the NFC. I think there's so many good teams. I think the NFC is so stacked, and there's so many good teams that you really have to worry about winning your division mm-hmm. because there's three teams in the NFC South, the Falcons, Carolina, um, the Saints, and now the, the Buccaneers Bucks, yeah. this year. The Buccaneers are coming out, and they're mm-hmm. showing out that they can be a potential team to fight for this division. So that's four teams off of one division that are all fighting for a playoff spot and, like, seriously contending for a playoff spot. And their division has just as much talent in it as they are, honestly. The Lions can compete. Matthew Stafford is a great quarterback. Um, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to he's gonna dominate. If he's healthy, he's going to dominate the, uh, the season. He's going to put up the numbers that he needs to, and he's going to win games. And for them and the Bears, they're still kind of figuring themselves out a little bit. But they can still compete. They competed with the Packers. So, for them, the Vikings, they just need to be more... They, it's not going to be an easy route, is all I'm going to say. It's not going to be something that they can just walk through. Yeah, I think it comes with winning their division. And if they don't, then it's going to be hard because there's teams everywhere. I mean, a team kind of just got knocked out of contention with, like, the Niners because Jimmy Garoppolo went down for the year. Mm. So, like, that kind of knocks one team out. But they're still, you and know. the Cardinals suck. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> there's still going to be, like, nine, not, around nine teams I, I can see in this conference that can compete for a playoff spot. So, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And it's also going to be interesting to see where Jimmy Butler goes <laughs> as – we talked about it last week a little bit, but it seems like the teams that he wanted to go to are, little, are changing up a little bit. And I'm hearing, like, Miami Heat. Do you think that he'll be a good fit if he got traded to Miami? I mean, I feel like he's going to be a decent fit most places he goes. And and I kind of realized that the reason he want, he might want to go to Miami is because he was with D. Wade in, mm-hmm. in Chicago for a year, so maybe... Maybe he kind of wants wants that because Miami is a good market anyway. They already have a solid, a solid team, so he could he could definitely help them. There's there's a very loaded backcourt, so I'm not sure he might have to move to a, like a three. But if he stays at a two, obviously he's number one. But then they'd have to figure something else out because they still got the Tyler Johnson, they got uh, Josh Richardson. So well, they're they're gonna give up some pieces because of the trade. They're gonna have to give up a lot probably. Like Goran Dragic is probably gonna leave. Yeah. Something like that. And, like, Dwayne Wade, I don't really know how much minutes he's going to get. Like, he's probably going to have this whole farewell tour season. Yeah. But Jimmy, they, they need Jimmy Butler to actually do something because they're not that good. And Jimmy Butler can make them instantly compete in the East because it's kind of weak. Yeah. So, like, I don't really see anything wrong with it. But why do you, why do you think that he focused on the Heat and kind of went away from the Clippers and, like, the Nets and I, the Knicks? I think the Heat because... For one, they already had success last year in making the playoffs. 
they're not a great team, but they're a team that's physical and kind of like his play style. Like his problem with Andrew Wiggins and Cat was that they were too laid back, that they were too easy going. And Jimmy Butler has been a workhorse his whole life. Like him getting into the league right now was a struggle because he had to go to a junior college before he made it at Marquette, but that's still a small school to go to. So he's all about the grind and the hustle, and that's what I feel like Miami is. And he, like Dan said, him and Dwayne Wade were good friends. I think that the players that like to compete and that they want to go out and win every night, that they're going to go hard, they're going to bust their butts just to make every play that they can to succeed, and that's the type of team he likes to look at, and that's the type of team he wants to be a part of. Do you yeah. think he would uh, resign? With the Heat? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would, it, it would all depend on how the season went, and I feel like the season would go good enough for him to want to resign. Because, like, like Nas said, that that's a very scrappy team who who just yeah. – they have to do a lot to win a game because they're not – they don't have – like, Dragic was an all-star this year, but he, he kind of was like a sub – so they don't really have that guy who could take over a game. They kind of have everyone just contribute. Like you saw against the Sixers, the Sixers in the playoffs could not get an easy win against them. They're the like, hardest working team in my Exactly. Team. So like, even though the Sixers have a great roster, they have two guys who, well, one was a definite all-star. The other one, I, th- I think, should have been an all-star. And then they got a lot of pieces around them. So you, you'd think that they just come out and just like destroy the Heat. But the Heat are so like... Determined. Yeah, that's, exactly. Determined to like just get get to the ball faster than you, like mm-hmm. like put up a better shot than you, like just outsmart you in some way or out or out hustle you in some way. Like they're they're a really good team. And I think I think it helps that they don't have like that much stars because like you look at the team on paper and they're really not that good. But now you have all these people. They know they're not a star, so like they're not really focused on finding one person. Mm-hmm. They are they're focused on really spreading the ball around yeah. and and really getting a good shot and they're focused on playing team defense and doing it well so I really see Jimmy Butler fitting in there because that's the same that's the same exact style that he's been playing with and I think like they can really compete they could be a top team in the east so if he goes to if he goes to Miami where do you see them finishing in the east in the east I'd I'd probably have to range them from like I don't I don't think they're going to be a top four team I'd probably go with the five to eight range I think that the addition of Jimmy Butler would boost them up defensive-wise, and I think offensively, because that's a key guy that they can go to. Hassan Whiteside is another player that he's not really talked about as much because he had the whole uh, confrontation between him and the team last year, but I think they're going to resolve that this season. I think moving forward, they're going to be a good defensive team and that they'll be able to key in a little bit more as far as the scoring with him and Jimmy Butler. See, I feel like it, it, it will all really come down to who they trade for. Yeah. Because they could get rid like like Shamar said, they could get rid of a lot of pieces. If you take away a lot of pieces, mm-hmm. you're just down to, to Jimmy Butler and then like a few pieces mm-hmm. around him. And like I said, like he don't has he doesn't have another all star on his team unless like some unless uh, Dragic is still there. But like I said, Dragic isn't even like anything too too special. Like he's not gonna get him that far in the East against like a Kyrie, a Ben Simmons, you know? So uh, you know, I would probably agree with you. They're gonna I feel like they definitely make the playoffs with him still. But they would be lower, like six or a seven, and have to play a good team, and probably wouldn't even get past the first do you, round. You know? Do you do you think they could make it past the first round? Let's say they keep Goran Dragic. Somehow they finesse a deal where they can still <laughs> keep him and still get Jimmy Butler. Like let's say they send Hassan. Do you think that they could somehow, with the two All Stars that they have, that they could somehow compete and win a playoff series and move on? Or, I mean, it would all really depend on who they play. 
because there are some teams who I just don't think would lose in the first round. And if they're a six, seven, or eight, like I don't think the Sixers would lose to them again. I don't think. You think they the could beat Celtics the Bucks? Would. Like if they were to see the Bucks in the playoffs at some point, maybe I'm not sure where the Bucks would be in all of this, but I'm saying like the Bucks, Indiana, the teams that made it last season that were able to compete at high level. You think that they can make it? I think they can because they're just. I think if you look at them, like you like you said, the Bucks, they're better than the Bucks if they have Jimmy Butler because. The Bucks are kind of like the same kind of team as Miami, but it's kind of more around one player, which is Giannis. Mm-hmm. And I think that Miami just becomes instantly deeper. Like, there's Tyler Johnson. There's uh, Justice Winslow. I mean, he kind of fell off, but um, I like uh, I like James Johnson. I think he really is, like, the backbone of that team. And then Hassan Whiteside, who's, you know, inconsistent, but if he gets in there, then he can make a big difference. I like that you mentioned James Johnson because, personally, I do agree with you. I think he is the great backbone player to lend on because I think he does a little bit of everything. Rebound, score, he pass, he can he can handle the ball a little bit. I Honestly, I think he's a similar version. People probably might disagree with me about this, but I think he's a similar version to Draymond, to what he provides for the team. There's not a crazy amount of talent around him, but when he gets in the game, he, he makes a good impact. Like in the playoffs game last year, he had his impacts in games as far as being physical not backing down from a great team. Like, the Sixers had a great record last year, so not backing down and showing that we're here to fight. And I think that's the mentality that they have. And I think Jimmy Butler will add to that. Yeah, they're going to just have to go more of a small ball, which which they had actually started to do more because Whiteside wouldn't, wouldn't play much. Like, they got a young guy in, like, Bam out of bio, but, like, they don't really have anything else, like, when it comes to big men. Like, they have such a they – have, they have, like, a loaded backcourt right now, and it's – and it's going to be difficult, but I feel like they can make it work with those guys that they have. It just depends who they give up. Yeah, it definitely, exactly. It definitely depends on who they give up. And, and a lot of it's saying, like, white side. Some of it's maybe saying Dragic. But even if you get rid of one of those, like, backcourt guys, you still have so many. You yeah. still have so many talented ones. You still have so many that will that will dive after the ball for you. Like, the guys, these are really guys with that mentality. And that's why this team... Like you said, they could get past like a Bucks, like maybe like a Wizards, but but like I was trying I was to say, like it depends. Round. Yeah, it depends who they would play to see if they could go past the first. You know. But like it, when you look at that though, getting into the second round though, it would most likely be, it would most likely be the Sixers, the Celtics, yeah. and the uh, Raptors, yeah. and then it would be like the Heat. Let's say the Heat are that one team that really makes it. The fourth. That would be like like they were like the fourth. T- yeah, let's yeah. say they were the fourth seed. So yeah. like that would be kind of interesting to see. I think I don't think they can win a series though, mm-hmm. even with Jimmy Butler. Just they they don't have that firepower, that star yeah. power to really. I think, be able to I, think I don't think they could be Indiana if they were even if Indiana was like a low seed because I think Indiana is a really good team and that they're on the come up this season. But they're like a quiet team, just because no one really talks about like what v- Victor Oladipo has done to progress himself. Well, the NBA uh, preseason starts tomorrow, and we'll we'll probably have a, a NBA preview show. But right now, what are your expectations for the NBA NBA season, or like what are you looking forward to? Um, uh, what am I looking forward to, or what I'm expecting is the Warriors win the chip once again. <laughs> they gotta. I think this might be the best lineup ever to start. Like, this consists of so many potential Hall of Famers, and it's crazy. And, like, the amount of depth that they have. I just want to see. I do. I'm actually I'm very curious to see them play. I want to see Boogie on the crowd. I want to see how this match matches up. And I'm also just excited to see LeBron on the Lakers. Like, what what's this new future hold for the best player ever, in my opinion? What, what would he be able to do? What would he be able to do in the legacy as far as the Lakers? 
Because we've seen what he's done in Cleveland. We've seen what he's done for Miami. He's won championships. Can he bring one to L.A.? Yeah, uh, what I'm looking forward to is just kind of, um, I mean, I guess just the new people in, in their new the new places. Because I feel like in the offseason, you don't see an offseason like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it was only Braun. I mean, it, it, was, it was a few. Like, it was uh, Braun, and then it was like uh, Kawhi oh. Leonard and DeMar DeRozan swap teams. So, I mean, those are like the premier guys in the league. So, it's like... It's, it's weird to see that, so I feel like the NBA is just going to look different now, and mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see how that really looks. Because mm-hmm. cause besides those three, like, there are still a lot of free agents who, who went to different places. Like, they might be low-key, but they're still good. Like, the Lakers got, like, four or five good guys after LeBron, like, just because they're following him. It's like, that team's going to be so different, and it's, it's going to be very interesting to watch. Like, I know they're on the West Coast, so we're going to have to stay up late to watch those, but I, I would definitely It'll do it a few it. times, you know? I mean, yeah, I'm definitely just excited for all the roster changes, like you said. Just because, you know, that doesn't really happen that often, you know. Normally, like, when LeBron is a free agent that every four years or whatever, that's when it's a big offseason. So, like, it's just kind of like a, a leap year or, like, a holiday or something in the NBA. And I think as a fan, that's, like, what I want to see as long as, you know, my team isn't losing any good players, which is the Sixers. But what team, like, give me, like, a surprise team that we should look out for in the NBA season. In the NBA season, the surprise team I'm going with is Indiana. I really think that they're going to be a good team this year. I think they make it past the first round because they got, they almost, they took LeBron to, what, six or seven? I, I think mean, seven. Seven? That was, yeah, they took him to seven. Yeah. So, they potentially could have beaten LeBron and got him out of his eighth straight final. But they had a stroke coming last year. LeBron's out of the East. So now you still have to worry about the Raptors, but I think Indiana could make a push. But I think the Sixers got it this year. I think they can compete for the finals. It's going to be them or the Celtics, in my opinion, but I think they're just going to be strong enough to beat them. I think they're going to make moves. Uh, well, my my original thought for a surprise team, I was going to say the Thunder. They're not really a surprise team because they're already like, up there with some of the best, but obviously the Warriors are the best. Mm-hmm. So I would say the Thunder still have a chance. Because they added, you know, but they also lost Melo, which honestly not big of a loss. But I, I looked farther than that, like at a lower team, and I looked at I looked at the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets, it's hard to say that they're actually that good, but like they came close to the playoffs last year. And, and when you look at their roster, and you look at how that team plays together, and like they're, how smart their coach actually is, Mike Malone, like there was a video of him like, playing in a, like in the practice with them, like, helping them out, like, more than, like, you would see a coach do, you know? Yeah. Like, you always see the, the pictures of, like, like as Sixers fans, like, Brett Brown, like, he's on the court, but he's not on the court. Like, he's, like, he's just, just watching over him, him yeah. you know? So this guy's on the court, like, with them, like, building that bond with him so he has the locker room, you know? They just drafted Michael Porter Jr., who ever, people are very iffy about, you know? I, I think injury. he could be injury. Yeah, but they still got they got Jamal Murray, they got Gary Harris in their backcourt, they got Jokic who is who is who is I feel like a little bit underrated just because he, he could drop a triple double as a big man. Like yeah. you don't see that, you know? Yeah. And then they just took they, they got Paul Millsap in, in that uh front court also. And then you just acquire you, you acquire uh, Isaiah Thomas who obviously doesn't look the same since he left the Celtics, but just because you have seen that he can do that, mm-hmm. it's possible that he does that again. Like if he, because this team, he's got a good team around him. Like I'm trying, like I'm trying to say. So I mean, they're surprised. Obviously, it's going to be hard for them to get past the better teams like the Rockets, the Warriors. But I wouldn't put it past them. Like they're a team who they could just surprise everyone. I feel yeah. like. Well, my surprise team 
last year wouldn't have been a surprise because they were in the NBA Finals, and that's going to be the Cleveland Cavaliers. Ooh. They lost LeBron, and, you know, what happened last time they lost LeBron, they were the worst team in the league for <laughs> whatever LeBron years were in Miami. Your way right now. <laughs> so I think this because Kevin Love is an all-star, and people don't realize that. So when when you have an all-star already, and then you have one of the highly rated prospects in the draft in Colin Sexton, and you have a team that's already experienced of get, getting to the playoffs. You still have J.R. Smith, Larry Nance, Tristan Thompson. There are a whole bunch of role players, I understand this, but the East is not that big, and people are expecting Cleveland to tank. But I think Sexton and Kevin Love can really lead this team. If Sexton really just was what he was in college, and if Kevin Love goes back to Minnesota, Kevin Love actually you know, going inside the post, posting people mm-hmm. up, getting rebounds, and now he has a shot. He can add the shot second, you know, not think of the shot first because LeBron was handling the ball. I think they can actually make the playoffs as a 7-8 seed, and a lot of people probably don't even have them anywhere close to the playoffs just because LeBron left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard for him. I, I, I somewhat agree with that. I, I don't see too much in the team around Kevin Love, so, like, it, it will definitely but be hard. The East, but the yeah, like you said, the East is it's not that great. So like it's anyone's game when it comes to the five, six, seven, eight. Because like like we've been talking about, the Celtics probably number one, Sixers or Raptors number two and three, and then it's like you just throw a bunch of of teams who will compete but won't really do much, you know. Yeah. So it it all depends on who snatches up those those uh. Also, teams. if I had to add another super team, I do think that the Knicks could potentially be really good this season if they get uh Kristaps back. They're saying he might not play. He might not play this, yeah. this season yeah, like, at all? Yeah, like they're saying he might he, not play. That, but that would be, if if he does play, him, uh, Enos Cantor, I think, and Kevin Knox additional, I know he's a rookie, but I think he's a he's going to be a good scorer as far yeah. as that team. So I feel like if they could get all three of those guys back, they could make a push for the playoffs and see what anything could happen. Yeah, if it doesn't happen this year, I mean, yeah, like next year, like... They're it, a team on the rise. Yeah, they definitely are, especially because they're also a destination for people. Like Kyrie's talked about going there. They're, they're talking about Jimmy Butler a little bit going there. So, I mean, they're, they're going to be getting the free agents. And I love the coaching hire that they had. David Fisdale is, like, a player's coach. Oh, like, shit. people love him, like, in that locker room. And, and I definitely think that the hiring of that makes that even more of, like, a free agent destination to want to go. Because now... Next year, after this year, Chris Tass will be will most likely be 100% healthy. Kevin Knox will be in his second season. Canner might still be there. You still got uh, Nilakina, who's young. He, he showed that he's he's fierce, like he was standing up to LeBron, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, they, got a, they got a decent team that... They just got to get a couple more pieces. Yeah, like, I, like the GM will have to, will really have to help them out a lot yeah. to get those pieces, you know. Yeah. Well, on Sunday, back in the NFL... A record was broken, and Drew Brees broke Brett Favre's record of most completions by NFL quarterback of 6,300. And I was just thinking to myself, Drew Brees is just amazing. And, like, all time, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks. And when I was thinking of what the top five should be today, it was it – was, I wanted to base it off of, you know, people who are great – quarterbacks who are great in the NFL, I should say. So I was going to ask you guys your top five – you know, great quarterbacks right now, but they have to be in the league for over five years. 
So none of like the young guys. I know people say Mahomes and like Wentz and golf. We're talking about you know the guys that have been in the league. Yeah, so we're basically talking about you know those like the five legacies that you think are really you know your top five greatest legacy quarterbacks that are active right now. I should say. All right, I'm gonna start off with everyone knows the goat number twelve, Tom Brady is probably uh, most people will probably have him number one, which makes sense. He's got five Super Bowls. He's got he's thrown for six sixty six thousand eight hundred and three yards, four ninety four touchdowns, and with a ratio of one sixty two interceptions. That's that, that's elite numbers. He put a five hundred on an elite defense last year in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He lost, but that stat line is insane. Number two, the man who just broke the record, Drew Brees, has a Super Bowl, has seventy one thousand five hundred and twenty three yards. That is four thousand more yards than Tom Brady, and I'm putting him at second. But he's still that much of a dominant quarterback in this league, and he's had his impact on everybody. Big Ben's my n- number three coming in with um, 336 touchdowns. He's got two Super Bowls. He's a big arm. He's thrown that he can be successful. I'm putting Aaron Rodgers as number four just because he kind of is a late bloomer as far as what he's, when he started and all. But he's a dominant quarterback. He doesn't throw, he doesn't throw a lot of picks. He knows how to win games. He has one Super Bowl. I think he's going to get more in his career by the time he's done. So I don't think that's the last time we'll see him doing the uh, holding up a trophy. And my fifth one, this one might get disagreed on just because this man hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. I'm going with Phillip Rivers. I think the stat line that he has under him with the 51,000 yards that he's thrown for, 350 touchdowns, 167 interceptions, I think – over his career, even though he hasn't been able to be successful in the playoffs, I think he's shown that he can still win games. He can put up numbers. He can dominate as an offensive quarterback, as a uh, West Coast offensive quarterback. So I feel like he's a top five quarterback, even though he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. But he still has the potential, too, with this team coming up. How about you, Dan? Uh, I mean, I'll start off same as Nas. I won't even explain. Brady Breeze. Brady Goat. Breeze, all these records, whatever. Second so, second baby goat. Yeah, so three, I'm going to go with Rodgers. You had him at four, but I just feel like what he can do on the field is much more than, like, anyone else sometimes. Like, this, the things you see from this guy are insane. And I know we're talking legacy, but he still has a Super Bowl. Yeah. He still brings – he still, like, carries his team mm. half the time. Half he the brought time. them – all right, yeah. all, almost all the That's time. That's not true, though. Huh? What? I don't think all the time. Not all the time, but I think a he, lot of the time. He, yeah. he brings them to a level that they're not when he's not on the field, at least from what I saw last year. He's just he's just insane sometimes. Okay. So then I'm going to go... Um, then I'll go Big Ben. Big Ben is... He won... How many Super Bowls? Two. Two. Yeah, two. two. And, and he's he's still throwing for, for a lot of yards in, yeah, in the games. Yeah, this season, so even though he throws a lot of picks, I still think his legacy is, is far greater than some of these quarterbacks that I see on the list of five plus years. And then uh, fifth, I'm gonna go Eli Manning, strictly because of the two Super Bowls. He, I can't even say he's a great quarterback right now. It's it's hard to even put him on my list because I, as an Eagles fan, especially, so to put him there, I'm, I'm just respecting that he he did help his team win Super Bowls, two of them more than more than I have. More than 20 to 25 uh, yeah. quarterbacks in the league right now. So, yeah. Eli Manning's my number five. Uh, well, this is basically a tradition. Every Thursday, my top five is completely different than yours. Yeah. Not really completely different, but it's definitely questionable. Here but my top three, I'm going to agree with Nas. I'm going Tom Brady, Drew Brees, to. and Ben Roethlisberger. Yes, sir. 
I'm not even gonna explain why. This is just the number game. four. I'm going Eli Manning because oh, <laughs> strictly I'm because listening. no, you have to listen to I'm me listen, because if you look at like let's think about the people who are really in contention to be on this list. There's about seven people. There's there's the three I said. There's Eli Manning. There's like people who are actually really considered to be on this list Phillip that Rivers. that's you know reasonable. There's Philip Rivers, uh, Eli Manning, Russ, Russell Wilson, can't Cam. Cam, nah, not Cam not Newton, really Cam. Matt Ryan. Aaron Rodgers, Stafford. and there's there's all those quarterbacks, but I look at Eli Manning, and people are like, people can say his defense won him championships, but at the end of the day, when it came down to it in the playoffs, you you have two wild card teams, and you lead them in the playoffs, throwing the ball well, like he turns the ball over a lot, but when it comes in crunch time, Eli, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the clutch, and you can't even deny that, so I have to have Eli Manning at four, and at five, it's going to surprise you, but Aaron Rodgers is not on my top five list. And number five is going to be Phillip Rivers because I think he's the most underrated quarterback in NFL history. And a lot of people look at Rivers because, oh, he doesn't have a ring. But let's let's think about it. Maybe it's just the team around him. Some people aren't as gifted with a team like that because Drew B- people don't really remember this, but Drew Brees was with, on San Diego Chargers before he was on the Saints. Couldn't win anything there. He gets hurt. He leaves, goes to New Orleans. He wins a championship. So uh, Rivers is just stuck in this with this team. They don't really uh, uh, get a lot of free agents. And I think Rivers is just so underrated. If you just look at the numbers, he just ranks he so, so high. For that team. And my reasoning for not having Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. is because his numbers are, aren't that impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, when it comes to his touchdowns, yeah, they're impressive. But it's like touchdown interception ratio, that's really impressive. But if you look at yards, Aaron Rodgers has been in the league since 2005. And he had three years. Like, I'm going to compare him to Matt Ryan right now. I'm going to compare him to Matt Ryan right now. Three years. Matt Ryan gets drafted in 2008. He starts in 2008. Aaron Rodgers' first like start as a whole starter was 2008. Matt Ryan has more passing yards and more completions than Aaron Rodgers right now. And they they started at the same time, and Rodgers had however much yards he got the three years as a backup for Brett Favre, probably not much. So, but still, like if you look at that, that kind of just alarms me. And yeah, he won a Super Bowl. Matt Ryan doesn't have a Super Bowl. I'm not comparing him to Matt Ryan, but he had Hall of Famers on deck on that Super Bowl team, especially on the defense with Charles Woodson, uh, Julius Peppers, and the talk of that team was really you know, Clay Matthews back then. That's when Clay Matthews first burst on the scene, and they had B.J. Rodgers. That team was actually stacked, and since then. Rodgers hasn't been able to do that in the playoffs or do anything. And neither has Phillip Rivers, but Rivers has those numbers. And that's what I'm going to compare it to. That's why I don't have Rodgers on my list. To add to your uh, Rivers talk, yeah, I think Rivers is actually a really good quarterback. He has thrown for more touchdowns and less interceptions than Big Ben. Exactly. The but only thing Big Ben rings. has is the yards and the rings. So if you put – if Rivers could somehow get that ring, I think you put him in – I think we tend to put him higher in the conversation. I think we would put him around the top three, top four. Cause I think he could be if, because whenever we have a talk about how great a quarterback is, how great was your legacy, we always go back to rings. No matter what it comes yeah. down to, you how many championships did you bring home to your town? So like, if he could just somehow work his way to a ring, at least one by the end of his career, I think he's easily a first ballot Hall of Famer if yeah, he's not already. I agree with that. One person I think would be I think unnecessary to put on this list is Russell Wilson. I don't think he should be put on this list or like either like if he was going to be on my list, he'll probably be seven or eight because I'll probably have Rodgers, then Matt Ryan, then Russ, just because Russell Wilson, like you said, we, we talked about this earlier. We were talking about Eli and you said, you know, he won his championships based off of defense, but 
you know, Russell Wilson, you can directly prove that it was his defense that won him championships because back when he first came on the scene and Seattle was really good, Russell Wilson, the, yeah, they won a Super Bowl, and I gave him credit, but they won 43-8. to eight. They held Peyton Manning, probably the second-best quarterback of all time or third-best quarterback of all time, to eight points in the Super Bowl, and Russell Wilson doesn't even win the MVP. When you play the Super Bowl, you know the MVP is going to be the quarterback of whatever winning team. Russell Wilson doesn't even win that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And at the end, and then the next year, they lose in the Super Bowl at the one-yard line. Yeah, it was a bad call. But if you have Brady at the one, Rodgers at the one, Roethlisberger at the one, they're not going to throw an interception in the Super Bowl to win the game. Yeah, but to argue that point, I think that play Malcolm Butler made was just... Uh, it, was, it was, it was. was but still, but like you can directly relate it because after that, the Legion of Boom starts deteriorating, and look at Seattle, they start deteriorating. That's if Russell cool. Wilson was the leader of that team or really the best player on that team, then they would still be doing the same thing because Rodgers lost... Rodgers loses the defensive players every year. So does Brady, and they're still at the top of the game, and their team doesn't miss a beat. They're always in the playoffs. So and Russell Wilson Russ is the best player on the. Uh, well, right now he is, but back then he wasn't. He I don't think he was top five. I don't on, think he was top his, five on, his team? on the on the Seattle teams that went to the uh, Super Bowl. I don't think so because you have Sherman, Sherman Earl Thomas, and Cam Chancellor, Bobby Wagner, Marshawn Lynch, Bruce Michael Irvin. Bennett, Bruce, like he's he's like close to he's closer to ten than five. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like his team was actually stacked. I still, I still think KJ can't really take much away from. I'm not him. taking much away from him, but compared to other people, oh well, yeah, because there are some quarterbacks who just leave. Like I think Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan. He should have a ring. Like whatever happened there, that's yeah. that's completely on coach. You can't yeah. even get mad about that. That's yeah. completely on coaching. So I don't think Russ is above Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan in that Super Bowl, he's actually legit. Like, Matt Ryan's a good quarterback, and people yeah. don't really give him credit. I don't, I'm not saying Russ is bad, but when you're talking about great, I just don't think – I think he's probably, like, eight, not around, like, where the other guys but are. But I'm saying – but yeah, I get what you're saying about, like, him being ranked on the team. But – it is one, but he really was one play away from the Super Bowl. He was, Matt he Ryan, was, but he, I don't think he would have won MVP in that game. He might not have, but I'm saying, but he, that's two rings right there. If that you is. put him on two rings, we're having a different I conversation. I still wouldn't think he's in the top five. You wouldn't think just because. Because if you look at him, look, I know he has two rings. Look at his rings. impact on the team last year, though. He, he honestly could have won the yeah, MVP. He, he had no rushing. He he had to throw the ball. He had, well, of course, he's a quarterback, so he has, to, yeah. he has to make plays running around out of the pocket because his line's so bad, and he's still doing that. I understand that, but I'm looking at – he's still so young, and I'm looking at the future. Like, I don't really see Russell Wilson holding up another Lombardi trophy really coming close because if you just look at his team, like, if you have a good quarterback, no matter who's on your team, your team is going to be good. You look at Brady. We talked – I just said it. Brady, Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. even Carson Wentz. You guys were – weren't that good without Carson Wentz. You guys get a great MVP quarterback. Look at you guys. You guys are holding up the Lombardi Trophy. So no matter who's on your team, it doesn't matter. So Russell Wilson right now, Pete Carroll's probably going to be gone at the end of this year. So what's really going to be around him in Seattle to win a championship? I know that's not his fault, but good quarterbacks like really tend to do it. And I don't like obviously he's a great quarterback, but like right now, but like he's top five quarterback in the NFL right now. But when you're talking about greats and when it comes to like Eli and Phillip and all these guys, it's going to be hard for him to be in that conversation. I, I do want to add to this though. Think about the quarterbacks that we're naming. Who would you say, like right now, I, I guess you would say it's Doug Baldwin, but who's really like his premier, premier like receiver? Matt, Matt Ryan has Julio, Gronk's on the Patriots, so that's Tom Brady's a great quarterback. Okay, but Tom I have a Brady question for you. How many? If we if we went through a whole name of quarterbacks in that in twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen, was was Russell Wilson the only one who can bring Seattle to the Super Bowl? 
like even like not with, with that team? take everyone off this list and add everyone else. Russell Wilson was not was not the only quarterback that can win the Super Bowl with that team. A lot of other quarterbacks can go out there and do that. You think Matt? So you Matt Stafford would he be able yes. to? Do, you think Matt Stafford would be able yes. to do that? Because you look at it, bro. The offense was a running offense. They were never they were never a passing offense. It was Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch. He leaves, the whole team. The offense goes down. The defense goes. The defense leaves. The defense goes down. And the whole team goes down. Like they were nine and seven last year, but it's just gonna get. They lose Sherman now, and they lose Chancellor. It's just gonna go down from there. So do you think it's like the same the same kind of thing as Jacksonville? Is that what you're comparing it to? Because Jacksonville right now is Bortles, who's like. He exactly. does the job. You he know, does the job. I'm not. I'm not like saying crazy. that though. Like Wilson is actually so better than Bortles. Severe? I don't think okay. it's that severe. Like I definitely think Wilson can win a championship. But, hype up but I just think, much. yeah, no, I don't think that people hype him up. I think it's just right now, for what I think, if I'm looking at the future, I just don't see that level of him. Just because look at his team around him. Like if that that Legion of Boom team was still around, he'll probably have some more championships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm just looking at him by himself as a whole. He's definitely he's definitely one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. But all like if you're talking about all time greats out of the actives, he's not. I don't think he's considered at the top. Just because he has a Super Bowl, you have to consider him probably yeah. top ten, but not top five. I would put. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely top ten without a doubt. Yeah. Well, that's gonna wrap up today's podcast. We have some interesting news though uh, coming with Logic Sports. Um, one of one of our buddies, Nick Bonomo, is a student at St. John's, and he's gonna be doing another weekly podcast called the St. John's Podcast with two of his buddies up there. So tune into that every Friday morning. Also, don't forget to tune in on Sunday for the NFL Sunday podcast and follow us on Twitter at Podcast Logic. And we'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Have a good day. See you.